Welcome to the Foresight Church Podcast. Enjoy this week's sermon. For more information about us, go to foresightchurch.co.za. Hey friends. When we go into a new season, it is required that the things of the old season be left behind. So, buckle up, grab your backpack, We are going to pack the things that we desperately need as survival gear for this coming season. This morning I'm going to break open the Word of God and we today are going to not only look at the revelation but the practicalities of what God has got in store for us for this year. By the end of this message, you are going to know how to seek the Kingdom of God in a deeper and more meaningful way than you ever have before. But first, let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can come to you knowing that you hear us when we pray. We don't need to beg. We don't need to plead. We can simply lay our requests before you and you hear. So Father, I pray that as we open your word this morning, that faith would arise in us to believe you for your ultimate rewards over our life, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Do you know that it is by grace you have have been saved? There is nothing you can add to God's salvation. But also, there are rewards that you can have. So a lot of people say, well, we don't work for faith, but we do work from faith. We don't work to earn grace, but we do work from a place of grace. And what do we work for? It is by faith that you are saved, but also by faith you receive rewards. So in our Christian maturity, we we don't want to just skid into heaven by the skin of our teeth like those who kind of just made it. Like the word says, someone will make it as if they've been a brand of wood snatched out of the fire, kind of not burning but smoking. No, we, we want to make it with maturity. We want to make it by uh, with victory. We want to make it in exaltation. We want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So as we apply ourselves to the truth of God and align ourselves, there are some things we need. Last week we spoke about moving from the the kingdom of the world into a realm of the kingdom of God and there there is a gulf between the world and the kingdom of God. The bridge across the gulf. Our response to grace. Jesus reaches out to us with grace. But our response is by seeking him and seeking his kingdom. He seeks us out. He requires that we seek him out. Three ways that Jesus says we can seek him out in Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6 is by these three things. First principle is when you fast, when you pray the second one, and thirdly, when you give. Give generously. So, today we're speaking about fasting. We're not speaking about giving, but we're talking about giving up. Giving up certain things to gain other things. Right, I'm going to put my backpack down for a while. It will revisit us in a few minutes. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18, and that's our first scripture, says this, For as I have often told you before, 
and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Paul saying, hey, I've pleaded with you and I've warned you and, and I've told you before, sometimes with tears, but I plead with you again to realize that many people live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Listen to this. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their pride is their shame. Their glory is their shame. Listen to this. Their God is their stomach. Underline that. Their God is their stomach. Their mind is set on earthly things. Why does it say that their God is their stomach? Well, actually, some people worship what they consume. I remember going on a fasting retreat a couple of years ago, and I really felt God say to me this. It, it was, uh, I had, had a vision of an angel, and he flew over and he said this. He, he cried out and he said, you will be eaten by what you eat, and you will be consumed by the thing that you love. Now, I call to remembrance Hebrews, which says that our God is a consuming fire. So if we desire him, he will desire, he will consume us. If we eat his bread, his word of life, his word will overtake our lives and consume us. and We will be found in him. But in the same way, our appetites determine our destiny. And the Bible says for those whose God is their stomach, their destiny is their destruction. Their appetite will consume them. You don't want to be consumed by your appetites, right? And a way to overcome your sinful appetites is by fasting. Jesus doesn't say when you um, if you fast. He expects us to fast. He says when you fast. So look at this. We'll carry on with Philippians chapter 3 verse 18. Verse 20 says this. But our citizenship, he, said, he talks about some people whose God is their stomach. He says, no, our citizenship is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom. Remember? And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he will transform our lowly bodies to become like his glorious Body. And he's saying there's a difference between those who are of the world and their mind is on earthly things. Their destiny is destruction because their God is their stomach. They live by their appetites. He says, but we are of the kingdom of heaven. Our destiny is there and Jesus will transform this lowly body to become like his heavenly body. We will be like him. Now that's specifically Pertinent to those of us who've re recently lost a, a loved one. We are comforted by the fact that our lowly bodies will become like his heavenly body. Provided our destiny is not destruction. Our destiny is in Christ. Is it possible then that you can consume yourself from the inside out? Is it possible that your Appetites and attitudes can destroy you from internally. Yes, it is. We can be eaten up by the things that we eat. We can be consumed by the things that we love. Now, medical science has proven time and time again that we can be destroyed by our appetites, the things we consume, the chemicals that are in our food, um, 
too much of one product, too little of another product, the imbalances of our eating preferences can destroy our lives. But so much more, the things that we consume in terms of media, in terms of TV, in terms of input in movies and 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 reading the things we allow ourselves to indulge in our appetites can destroy us from the inside. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus expects you to fast. He says, when you fast, let's have a look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. It says this. Let's get there quickly. And I want you to underline some beautiful scriptures. It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. So Jesus gives instructions. He says, when you pray, these are certain things you should do, certain things you shouldn't do. Why? Because Jesus wants us to be effective. One of our slogans in the church is fully alive and powerfully effective. We want to be effective in our walk with Christ. And he says, when you pray, don't pray as the hypocrites do, standing, drawing attention to themselves. In the same way, he says, when you fast, don't do it for public recognition. He says, they, the hypocrites disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Underline reward. The word reward is key here. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. In other words, wear your makeup. Groom yourself so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will, once again, underline this word, reward you. He will reward you. Makes me think of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 which says this. It says, when you come to God, you must believe, number one, that he exists. And number two, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 starts this way. It says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Because those who come to him must, number one, believe that he exists. And number two, Believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Hey, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You can live a fruitful Christian life. God wants that for you. And he wants to reward you as you seek him out. There is a great reward for seeking after Jesus, for running after the cross, for pursuing God. There is a reward and God wants to richly reward you. One of the things God rewards you for is fasting. Now, if you fast wrong for public recognition, you've already received your reward. But if you fast for God and to seek his kingdom in faith, there is a reward for those who diligently seek him. And fasting is one of those ways. So ways not to do it. Well, the purpose of fasting is to destroy your pride, not to indulge in your pride. The purpose of fasting is not to build your pride. It's to build humility. Now, you know, many of us pray, Lord, humble me, make me humble. But do you know that nowhere in scripture is that a mandate? The Bible says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, that he will lift you up in due time. Humility is not 
an act of God. It's an act of self where we determine to make ourselves humble before him so that he can lift us up. Humility is something that human beings do to ourselves, and God doesn't do to us. God doesn't want to humiliate you. He wants you to humbly come to him. So there are three purposes of fasting. We fast for these three, these three reasons. Number one, to deny yourself. We deny ourselves. That means we disallow ourselves of our indulgences. We disallow ourselves sometimes of our comforts. We disallow ourselves of our preferences. We deny. We, we say to ourselves no to our flesh, to our, uh, our preferences. We, we block them out. We suppress them. We deny them. There's a reason for that. Number two, we also humble ourselves. We submit ourselves to God's hand and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. The third thing is we prioritize Jesus. The third purpose of fasting is to say, Lord, I seek you. I am not seeking my own pleasure. I'm not seeking my fulfillment. I'm not seeking my own joy. I'm seeking to please your heart. I want to align myself with the things that please you. I have found over the years that fasting produces in me a tuning of the spirit. So I don't know if you guys can remember, but there used to be adjustments on an old TV. You would tune yourself into a channel or on a radio. If you have an FM radio, you've got to tune it in to hear the frequency that is being broadcast on that radio station. You'd have to tune it in. If you're a musician, you can play on your guitar. But unless that thing is tuned onto its proper note, there's going to be a discordant sound. So we find ourselves in fasting. We tune ourselves to hear the melody of heaven. We tune ourselves to hear what God is saying. Maybe another way to look at fasting is recalibration. You know, if we've got an instrument that is showing us true north, but, but it needs to be adjusted to magnetic north so that we can find our way, we recalibrate ourselves according to the magnetic pull of what God wants for our lives. Or possibly another way to look at it is if you're a farmer or you're a gardener, we prune ourselves. Fasting helps us to prune ourselves of the dead things in our lives, the dead wood, last year's growth. It helps us to cut back on, on branches that are ineffective, the places we've reached out to, the things we've done, the, the place we've spread ourselves out very thinly it helps us to prune back on our activities to reset and readjust our lives for fruitfulness it is necessary to prune a fruit tree seasonally so that the this year's growth doesn't stifle the production of fruit and all the the nurture doesn't and the nutrition doesn't go into offshoots but actually can be channeled into the fruit to make it bigger juicier fruitier and and much much more Delicious and much more acceptable, much more market ready, much more palatable, much more delightful. This is what God wants for your lives. And you can only do that by fasting, by seeking his ways, his will, and allowing God to produce things in your life. Jesus said about himself in John chapter 15, he said, I'm the vine, my father is the gardener, and he cuts off everything in me. That bears no fruit. And that which does bear fruit, he prunes to make it even more fruitful. In verse 2. So there is a reward 
when we seek him. So what does faith do? If faith boosts the reward and fasting produces faith, faith produces fasting and, and, and fasting produces faith, then they're not mutually exclusive. They are mutually beneficial. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because if you approach him, you must believe he exists. And number two, what? He rewards you when you diligently seek him. And one of the ways Jesus said to seek him is by fasting. So fasting produces faith. Faith produces fasting. We grow in faith by fasting and fasting produces more faith. And so we become more effective in our fasting. Now, if you haven't fasted before, it can be quite a tedious process of of denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Christ. In fact, Jesus said this. He says, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. In other words, the, follow the way of nailing yourself to the cross. In other words, dying daily. If you can't do that, Jesus said, you can't be my disciple. Fasting produces the character and the nature and the lifestyle of Christ by denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him. I have found in fasting over the years that the greater the sacrifice, the greater the reward. The greater my laying down of certain things in my life that dis distract me from seeking Jesus, the greater the price. If I really sacrifice large things, I achieve great things. This was Saint Basil the Great and he lived from 330 AD to 379 AD. He, wasn't, he didn't live long, 49 years. And in his homily on fasting, he writes this. And wouldn't you like to be called Chris the Great or uh, Basil the Great, as he was called? He was known as the Great. Why? Listen to what he says. He says, fasting gives birth to prophets and strengthens the powerful. Fasting gives birth to prophets and strengthens the powerful. Fasting makes lawgivers wise. Fasting is a good safeguard for the soul, a steadfast companion for the body, a weapon for the valiant, and a gymnasium for athletes. Fasting repels temptations, anoints unto piety, which is holiness. It is the comrade of watchfulness and the artificer of chastity. In war it fights bravely, in peace it teaches stillness. In other words, he says fasting brings out in you character to react the right way in a given situation. St. Augustine, he lived from 354 to 430 AD, and he's my favorite, I think, my favorite African theologian uh, from way back when. He says this, fasting cleanses the soul, it raises the mind, it subjects one's flesh to the spirit, it renders the heart contrite and humble, it scatters the clouds of concupiscence. So well, concupiscence is uh, sexual immorality. It scatters the clouds of it. It quenches the fire of lust and kindles the light of chastity. It helps us manage and lead our body rightly. It is intentionally seeking God. Now, in preparation for a new season... Every biblical figure that I can think of that is that achieved amazing things for God fasted. And when they fasted, it opened a new season. So they fasted to open a new season for what God was going to do. For example, Moses fasted before he led the people 
into the wilderness. He was 40 years in the desert. Nehemiah fasted before he rebuilt the city walls. And he led the people on a major building project that should have taken years and years. They finished it in 40 days. Daniel, he fasted and his fasting and his continual prayer before God allowed him the spiritual strength and fortitude and, and faith when he was faced with certain death, thrown into the lion's den, he said, God is able to save me. And angels came to help him. Do you remember when Jesus fasted? Angels came to strengthen him. They came to feed him, the Bible says, uh, spiritually. Paul, he fasted before his major mission journeys. And the Bible tells us that before Paul and Silas were set apart as apostles, the church in Antioch fasted and prayed. And the Holy Spirit said to them, set me apart Paul and Barnabas. It was Paul and Barnabas for the purpose that I have for them. And then Jesus. He only started his ministry, his public ministry. He was baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He was led into the wilderness to fast and pray and be tempted by the devil. The Bible says that he fasted before he began his public ministry. Friends, we can visibly see in scripture by these examples that the men who sought God out in fasting and prayer, these guys were powerfully effective. They became fully alive by the Spirit and powerfully effective by the Spirit of God and not by their own abilities. I think fasting sometimes allows us to put down our own abilities and take up the sword of the Spirit. So what do we unpack in order to repack and so here's my my pack and i've entered 2021 i've entered this year with a whole bunch of things okay i have some what do i have i've got some some food for the road i've got some yeah, yeah some tennis biscuits and uh some extra fat left over from christmas i think from from eating well i think there's uh maybe some movies i need to get out of my life and uh yeah, food. I need I need to lighten my load for the next few weeks. Some smarties, right? What else do I need to throw out of here? Snacks. Bowl ones, maybe I should put that back. But just things that are unnecessary. What else do I need to unpack? Oh, oh wow. Hey, iPad. Uh, Facebook, social media. Oh. YouTube. Perhaps I should unpack YouTube. Hmm. And what do I pack in here? Maybe, maybe, oh wait, hold on. Right at the bottom, perhaps I need to be a little bit lighter on my cell phone. What do I pack in? Well, I pack in the Word of God. What else do I pack in? Lots and lots of space. I leave lots of space for the work of the Spirit, for His guiding his nuances, his subtleties, I put in a journal. Let me pick up my journal. Put in my journal. And I pack in a pen so that I can document my journey with Jesus along the way. Alright, and there I am. I am ready for 2021, much lighter than the junk I brought into 2021. All the nonsense from the past, all the heaviness, all the unforgiveness, the resentment, maybe 
the uh, results, maybe my New Year's resolutions that I need to lay down. All these remorses I lay down and I take up the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. I take up the guiding of the Holy Spirit. I take up His anointing to lead me through this fast. So how do I fast? Before we go into fasting, we decide, what is it I want to give up? What is it I want to lay aside? Now, friends, at your level, you can do that. I know for some people, if coffee's a, a real addiction, lay down coffee. If sweets are a real addiction or sugar, lay that down. But for some of us who are more mature, we, we can lay it all down. We can, we can fast for protracted, prolonged periods of time. Now, if you are older and maybe you have a, a diabetes or some kind of medical condition, consult your GP before you just uh, go into a solid fast. Fasting, by the way, has been shown to reduce type 2 diabetes, and in fact, cure type 2 diabetes. Fasting has, has, has been able to help people through many, many medical conditions. It improves your cholesterol. There's a lot of things that fasting, absolute fasting does. Drink lots of water. Get enough sleep. Expect God to speak to you. So spend a lot of time alone and quietly, just meditating on the Word of God. Journal. Write down what God says to you. Read the Word of God. Put in uh, scripture verses that you find. Write them down in your journal. Note the dreams and the visions that God gives you along the way. Then afterwards, you can uh, obviously understand more of what God has for you. Join us on Wednesday as we have a combined prayer meeting. We'll do that on Zoom. Obviously, we can't gather in public. We for, on Zoom are going to pray together for the purposes of God to be manifest in foresight in this year to come. Join us on Wednesday night as we do this. Pray together. Fast together. Let's see God do something new and burst us into a new and fruitful season. The things that God has for us, my friends, are going to take us by storm. Let's concentrate on Him. Let's hear Him and let's flow with the things of the Spirit from this fast. Come, let's pray. Father, right now, Lord, as we contemplate what to lay down, would you lead us to lay things down by your Spirit and to take up your Word? Lord, I pray if there's anybody that's listening right now, anybody that's tuned in right now that doesn't know you, I pray tonight, today, right on this very moment, that they would give their lives into your hand, that you would lead them from this moment on. Father, we confess that we are thoroughly dependent on Jesus Christ for our salvation. We are thoroughly dependent on the Holy Spirit for our sustenance. Lord, we are going to pursue you and you, Lord, are going to reward us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Friends, we're praying for you. The leaders in the church are praying with you. If you have a specific need of prayer through this time of fasting, please contact us. Drop us a WhatsApp. Contact the church office. However, let us know of your need and we will pray with you through it. Friends, God bless you. May the Lord strengthen you, encourage you, and give you great faith through this season, to launch you into his plan for your life. Be rewarded by being faithful. God bless you.